Welcome to Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. Well, hello and good morning once again. My name is David and it's my privilege to be sharing the word with us this morning. And uh, as part of this church family, we've been journeying together through what it means to be shaped by God. Uh, We've used the analogy of a potter and seeing God as the potter and we are like clay. And uh, last week, the word uh, was spoken about God wants to shape our perspective God wants to shape how we see him. God wants to shape our vision. And so just to start off with, I thought I'd bring you back to that. Uh, Many of you may have seen this analogy before, but what am I holding here? Uh, A glass that's either half full or half empty. And either way you look at it, uh, whether you look at what's there or whether you look at what's not there, it it doesn't matter Um, That's just perspective. But what we've come to realize, especially through the book of Colossians, is that Jesus came to give us a full perspective of God. To to have a full perspective and vision of God, we need Jesus. And because Colossians, the book of Colossians says, Jesus is the fullness of God. He is the visible image of the invisible God. And so... Not only is God shaping us to have a full perspective of God, but I believe today God wants to share with each and every one of us how he wants us to be shaped in the fullness of Jesus. And so to do that, I've got another analogy for you. Not sure if you've watched online at all, seen any reels. There's some of these reels where it shows how God made somebody. It's a little a little. Uh, analogy. And so here I've got a bowl, and for today you're going to imagine this beautiful bowl is none other than me. And so um, when God chose to create me, he uh, filled me to be smart, right? So I'll put a bit of smart in there. Why are you laughing already? It's going well. A bit more? You, You can help me? Do you see a bit more? No, 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 it's fine. God made me to be kind, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll put some in that. More, oh, I like it. Yeah, I'll pay you later. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. God, this one's for you, Han. God made me emotional. I couldn't fit emotional around it. So most people who've come to this church know I cry a lot. I, I've cried today. I may cry during the sermon. Maybe there's more, more, Lord. Yeah. Um, Many of you who don't know me or just see me today, you know God has blessed me with a little cup of height, so we're just going to put a bit of... There we go. That was a bit too much. Should I spring some out? And uh, God blessed me with facial hair, so... um, It's a shame, isn't it? And uh, finally, this one's really for Hannah, and I'm sorry I'm preaching today. God made me an oversharer. So let's get that in there. Yeah, that's David Dodwell. Get some of that in there. And there you go, people. That's David. That's me. Now, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Whether it's me or you, God made all of us. But he made all of us to be filled and refilled. See, I'm not full here. Even though God made me, I need him. 
And we all need God. And God's heart for all of us today, every single person seated here, even for the kids, even for the young people, God's heart is that Jesus would fill us. And here's the thing. So many of the time, even as a Christian walking with Jesus for such a long time, I think Jesus wants to fill my life with good things, which is true. But Jesus wants to do more than that. Jesus wants to fill us with himself. Jesus wants to fill us with his presence. And I don't know about all of us today, whether we believe in Jesus or not, whether we've had a good week or not, whether we've done certain things or whether we haven't done certain things, or whether we're sure of what's going on in our life, or maybe we just feel unworthy of God. I want to encourage you today. God's heart is that Jesus will fill your life. Jesus will fill our entire lives. And not just once, but over and over and over. Because he is an unlimited God. And he's full of love for each and every one of us. So as a church family, we are working through the letter of Colossians. And so we're going to be looking at Colossians today. We're going to be looking in chapter 1 and chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 in each, just to make it easy for us all today. And just to give you a bit of context, uh, Paul the Apostle, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter, and he wrote it to a bunch of believers in Turkey, the place called Colossae. And uh, Paul the Apostle was actually, at one point, murderously after Christians to stop them and stop their belief in Jesus. He has an encounter with the risen Jesus. A vision fills his perspective. His life is turned upside down. He's filled with Jesus and goes on to share the gospel over and over and over. And so, in Colossians chapter 1, this is what it says in verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In chapter 2, from verse 13 and 14, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. He forgave us all our sins. Just one more time. He forgave us all our sins. Having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, to give you a bit more context about what was going on, when Paul wrote this letter, um, he was writing it to a group of people who had some challenges and had some problems. And one of these problems was that some Jews who thought Jesus was great, we might even call them Christians, these Jews thought Jesus was great, but they were going around saying, Jesus is great, but we need the old covenant. We need the sign of the old covenant, actually, which is circumcision. And so the issue here, the problem that Paul is addressing for these early believers in Turkey is that if that's the words that you're going to receive, then it's not true because you're saying Jesus isn't enough. If it's Jesus plus 
the old covenant or Jesus plus the sign of the old covenant, then Jesus isn't fully God. But Jesus is fully God and he's enough. Now, the other issue with this is it caused a lot of pain, right? Imagine new believers coming to Jesus and uh, hearing this amongst the Jews who thought Jesus was great but needed circumcision as a sign. They'd be like, have, have you become a Christian? Brilliant, just, just come with me, come with me. I'll go get my knife and we'll get this matter sorted. It's causing a lot of pain and we laugh about it. But people literally were going through this. I feel sorry for those who went through it and then... Paul wrote this letter. It's like, oh, Paul, if only you wrote it earlier on. <laughs> but anyway, Paul mentions that this is a problem because this is unnecessary. But then he uses this analogy. He says, actually, what is essential is a full removal of your old self, a full removal of what we see as our flesh because our flesh represents our sinful nature. And what is brilliant about this, when they're saying, the Judaizers, that's the name of these Jews, the Judaizers are saying Jesus isn't enough, Paul says, well, you need a whole life or a heart circumcision, and the only person who can do that can't be done by physical hands, has to be done by spiritual hands, has to be done by Jesus Christ. And so for all of us here today, before we start talking about being filled filled with Jesus, filled with his love, we have to recognize that God actually needs to remove some stuff from us. He needs to take some stuff away from us and out of us. And so the first point of my sermon today in terms of Jesus wants to fill us is to be filled with Christ's forgiveness. We all need to be filled with Christ's forgiveness, whether what you've done or what you haven't done, we all need it, all the same. Now, remember this wonderful bowl that represents me? If I was to leave this bowl up here or outside, after some time, that water, what will happen to it? It will become stagnant. It will become dirty. The whole point is, that bowl needs to be refilled and refilled and refilled. Um, most summers, in our short British summer of a week, I get out the kids' paddling pool sometimes for the kids, <laughs> sometimes for me, and um, I fill it up. But the thing is, after three or four days, I'm not sure if any of you have come across this, but the paddling pool, well, after three or four days, it becomes green with bacteria and algae, and it's disgusting. Now, that doesn't stop my children wanting to go in, but I don't want them in there. And here's the thing, I can't just refill it with water straight away, can I? Even if I took that green stuff out, um, I've got to properly clean it before I refill it. And like a loving, loving father, slightly reluctant, but loving father nonetheless, I get my bucket, I get my sponge, and I get on my knees, and I wash it. And as I'm washing it, algae's going on me, bacteria's there, I'm coughing, I'm spluttering, but eventually it gets cleaned. Why are you smiling? Is it because I don't do this? This is true. I do do this. <laughs> I'm, I do so many good things. <laughs> and as I'm like, thank you, Alan, thank you. Alan. But once I've cleaned it, that's not enough. The kids need the water in there, and so I've got to fill it with water. In chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says we were dead in our sins. 
So before we're in a relationship with God, because we've been made by God, but we're not being filled with God, when we're not being filled with God, we end up being dead in our sins, away from him. This is what Paul was referring to, the uncircumcision of our hearts, not having the removal of this. We were dead to our sins. Some versions or some other parts of the gospel mention we were enemies to God. What I love about this is though, though we were enemies of God, though we were ruled by our sinful nature, Jesus chose to die on a cross for us. The loving Father sent Jesus, and Jesus, it's all right, Naya, Naya, you've been dedicated, you're fine. <laughs> Jesus was flogged, okay? He was flogged, he was beaten, he was spat on. He was eventually crucified on the cross, nails through his hands and his feet. And he suffered and bled and died on a cross, but three days later rose again. But Jesus meant it all for us as a payment for us. What I love in verse 14, if we pick that up, you will see um, it talks about our debt, our legal debt. Now, many people have a bit of a, a skewed perspective of God in terms of how God is actually for us. You see, a lot of people see God as against you because of our sinful nature. They think God stands against you. But read in the scripture here, God isn't against any of us. What is against us is our sin, is our shame, is our debt, is our rebellion from God, from not being constantly filled with him, but going our own way, filling our lives up with our own things and not Jesus. And yet, what God does, even in that state, even when we're against him, God stands for us. He stands for you. And not only does he stand for you, he makes payment. He purchases you. So he rids us of our sins, which is what we talked about in chapter 1, redeems us, redeems us, but he reconciles us back into a relationship where he gets to fill us and fill us and fill us because he loves you. He made payment for your sin, but he also purchases you so you can live a life with him, in relationship with him, where he fills you and fills you and fills you. Christ takes all, I'll say it again, all our sin and shame. He empties us of what we have and he replaces what was in us with himself, with his righteousness. Imagine that. God takes out what needs to be taken out and then replaces it with himself, his love, his righteousness, his mercy, his goodness, his faithfulness. That is who Jesus is, and he comes to fill you with himself, not just good things, although he does fill our lives with good things, but the best thing is himself. So we need to be filled with Christ's forgiveness, and to help you understand this filling process, it's important that there's a second point we take hold of, that Jesus wants to fill us with his faithfulness. In fact, his loving faithfulness or his faithful love. Not sure if many of you have been to Niagara Falls. I haven't, but I'm saying this in front of my parents. So Canada, yep. And uh, Niagara Falls, some of you have seen it. Oh, just, just look on there. 
Look how big, how vast this waterfall is. Just think about the amount of water going over the edge. In fact, I'll help you. I did a little study. I did a little Google search, which we all know we can trust. Uh, online searches, always good. Almost as good as Wikipedia, but anyway, Google. It says in Google, 3,160 tons of water flows over Niagara Falls every second. Now, if you're like me, well done. You said, wow, I don't even know what a ton is. Like, what are these measurements? So I then looked up and calculated something that I could understand a ton to be. And uh, apparently, 3,160 tons of water going over every one second is the equivalent to a double-decker red bus, 200 of them, 200 double-decker buses. That's the weight of water in one second. Now, just compare that with the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is so big, so wide, so full, never runs up, keeps pouring, keeps pouring, keeps pouring. And the pouring of this water, of this love, is for you, intended to fill your life. That's how much God loves you. It's like Niagara Falls, just water going over and over and over. And here's something I didn't know. Niagara Falls actually stopped twice in history, recorded history, according to Google. And uh, it stopped once of natural causes. I think it was to do with ice and freezing. And the second one is it stopped because of human interfering, doing some construction work. God's love will never, ever stop. No matter what we try and do, God's love will never, ever stop. His love never runs dry. It is constant. It is consistent. It is forever. The word says God's love endures forever. Through every generation, God's love. He doesn't hold back. And I think some of us, we disqualify ourselves. If you imagine yourself approaching the waterfall, you could imagine like, okay, God's love coming over me, and then suddenly the waterfall parts where you are, right? And it misses you. No. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter who you are, what you're going through. God wants to fill you, not only with his forgiveness, but with his faithful love, his faithful, enduring love. He loves you, not just the person to your left or to your right. Today, he loves you. It's not about our faithfulness. It's not about our good behavior. It's not about us getting it right. We can't earn it. Jesus has purchased it, remember? It's all about him. But the sad thing is, even with being filled with Christ's forgiveness, even with being filled with Christ's faithful love and his faithfulness, let's be real, people. Things get in the way. There's blockages to his love. We get choked up on things. We fill our lives with things other than Jesus. But Jesus died so we could have his fullness. And to help you understand this, I thought we'd look at a story that God laid in my heart this week, a parable of Jesus. You can find it in Mark chapter 4. I don't have the time to read it, so I'm going to give you the David paraphrase. But it's about, many of you will know it, it's about the farmer sowing his seed. And there's four soils, or four surfaces, if you will. So we'll start with the first surface. It's the path. 
The farmer throws the seed on the path, and what happens? The birds come and eat it and take it off. The second soil is the, the rocky soil, the rocky land. And what happens is the seeds start growing roots, but they don't go down deep. And so when the sun comes up, the heat of the day withers the plant. The, the plant dies, or whatever was there dies. Then the third soil it goes into, but there's thorns. And it says the thorns, Jesus says the thorns choke the plant. And finally, we get the final earth, which is the good soil, which uh, makes a harvest of 30, 60, 100 times more than what that original seed was. Jesus goes on to explain that the seed is an analogy of God's word, or for us today, his love in our lives. Now, I don't have the time to go through everyone and explain it. That's some homework for you if you're up for it. But God put my heart and my focus on the thorns. And so I want to share with you what it actually says in the word about the thorns. This is how Jesus used it. Um, in verse, chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, it says this. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, hear the love of God, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. The worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, wealth not being a bad thing, but you can be deceived by it, money not being a bad thing, but the love of money, filling your life with wealth and things instead of God, that's bad, and finally, the desires of our heart, or for today, I'll call it our wishes, you know, our wishes for maybe comforts or things in our ego. So there you go, www.unfruitful.com. This, this leads to unfruitfulness. Yet Christ came to die so that we could be full of him, to experience his fullness. And I want to be honest with you, this stuff is real. You experience this, I experience this. I, you know, I'll be honest, I've been honest with you before. I get so worried sometimes about my girls, about my family. We worry for our loved ones, don't we? We, we worry for our friends and our family. We worry about health for ourselves and for other people. We worry about provision and what we can have or what's going on in our job or in our career. We worry about failure. We worry about all sorts of things. And I would suggest it's not completely wrong to have experiences of worry, but is that filling your life up? instead of Jesus, because when it fills your life up, it chokes you like the thorns, and what happens? You become unfruitful. You don't bear fruit. How about wealth, the deceitfulness of wealth? Now, maybe we're not all money hungry, but it can be very easy to just not having enough, right? Oh, I need more. I want more. This means more to me, and it becomes more than actually God in our lives. To the point, I know when I want more, it then becomes a comparison thing. Oh, they have this, so I'll need that too. In fact, I need it more than them because <laughs> I'm competing in my mind or I'm gaining value from being better than them. And finally, our wishes. We all have our comforts, right? And we can really care about our comforts to the point we care more about filling our lives up with our comforts and cares than Jesus. And it can even be like with our ego and how things are going, just to draw value, to draw worth, from how we're doing, or what we're doing, or who loves us, rather than simply being filled with the love of God. The final point today, point three, is Jesus wants to fill us 
with his freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And those who are free in Christ Jesus are free indeed. Speaking of oversharing, as I love to, I thought I'd share with you one of my favorite comforts in life. And I've even got a picture to help you understand how good it is. I love a good bath. Bathing is my thing. It is, uh, my life has been changed and transformed by the comforts of being surrounded in this bath. And I just want you to know that there's the bath. We've got the bubble bath in there. We've got the thermometer in there, which is a children's thermometer. So it flashes when it's too hot. My optimum temperature is 41 degrees where it will flash because it's too hot. So it's a man bath, all right, before you start judging me, losing my masculinity here. But I need to, tell, I need to talk you through the tray because I surround myself with comforts. On the tray, there is a beer there. Don't judge me. On the tray, there are some crisps. Cheese and onion, my favorite, but whatever. And on the tray, there's a peanut butter Kit Kat bar. And sometimes when I'm feeling indulgent, I may light a candle as well. Because, you know, what's going on in the bath isn't smelly enough. We've got to have a candle there too. And I have to be honest with you, I wanted to look clever, so I took a photo with a book on there. But let's be honest, I just watched Netflix on, in the bath. Now, now stay with me, because my point is about comfort. And I'm not trying to advertise this, but at the same time, I'm like, if you, if you haven't ever had a bath with a bath tray, can I tell you now, you haven't had a bath until you've had a bath with a bath tray, okay? Now, here's the thing. It wouldn't be a David preach with it if I didn't confess to you some things going wrong in my life. I mean, that is basically, it's my weekly confessional to you all, love an audience, and uh, oversharer, Hannah is right. One time, it was, uh, just recently, it was coming up to Hannah's birthday, and for about, she didn't want to do a spa day, guys. I wanted her to do a spa day, because then I get it. But anyway, so she wanted to do the downstairs toilet, wanted to paint it nice, put a new like toilet in there, new toilet seat and things. And um, I'm having my bath, the girls are in bed, I'm having a good time. The phone is there, because sometimes I'm on my phone, but don't worry, I'm not living on the edge. I've got, got the tray, it's all safe. And uh, Hannah calls me when I'm in the bath. You know when you get a call and you're like, oh, I don't want to take it. But anyway, it's my wife. She's downstairs. She probably needs something. So I pick it up, and Hannah's sad. I'm like, oh, Hannah, what's wrong? She's like, oh, David, whilst I've been painting the downstairs you know, toilet room, I, I was standing on the new toilet seat. Yeah? And I put my foot through the toilet seat. And I was like, oh! And uh, I'll be honest with you, my first response wasn't, are you okay? It wasn't. My second thought wasn't even, don't worry about the toilet seat. We'll get another toilet seat. I know it was new. I know it's for your birthday. I know I'm wonderful, but don't worry about that. My, my literal response to Hannah on the phone, surrounded by my comforts, was, do I need to get out the bar for this? <laughs> and I confess... I'm sorry, we all need God's grace, and obviously I need Hannah's grace. And you know what, she was fine about it, because she broke the toilet seat anyway, and you know, that was a birthday present. And we're okay, just, just for you to know. Here's the thing, guys, here's the thing. We can be surrounded by our comforts that we end up not being fruitful. Surely, God would have wanted me to be a bit different to how I responded in that moment. At least a bit. But in life, when we're surrounded by our comforts, we can easily become unfruitful because we're not responding with the love of Christ. 
We're not filled with Jesus. We're filled with our own things and filled with our own comforts. Now, let me bring this home. The three W's, they deal with us in a way that makes us unfruitful. You've got your worries, you've got your wealth, you've got your wishes. These are represented by thorns in the parable. If you have Jewish thought when you're reading scriptures or just Jewish thought, you would pick up that word and you'd think, where else do I hear thorns in the Bible? And most of the Jews, especially at that time, would have related it to the Old Testament. In Genesis chapter 3, after man has fallen, there is a curse given. And part of the curse is that by painful toil, by the sweat of your brow, you would have to work the land, the farmer, work the earth. And what will the earth produce for you? Thorns and thistles and bushes. Thorns that prick us. Thorns that hurt us. Thorns that even when we're just living and sowing and doing what we want to do in our lives, these things would come up and choke us. Even when we're just trying to do life, things would block us and choke us and harm us and hurt us. But Jesus came so we wouldn't have to deal with that. Jesus died on a cross so that we could experience his fullness. Now just think about that. Think about the things that are choking you. Think about the thorns in your life. Jesus didn't just come to die and purchase you from the kingdom, from the dominion of darkness and move him to the kingdom of the son he loves, which is Jesus. On the cross, what did Jesus wear on his head? A crown of thorns. Jesus didn't just deal with our sin. He came to deal with our worries. He came to deal with our, the deceitfulness of wealth. He came to deal with our own wishes. He came to deal with the things that harm us and hurt us and choke us and stop us from being fruitful. Jesus loves you so much, it's not enough just to deal with your sin. He loves you so much that he wants you to live a full life, a life full of him and not full of worries and things to do with wealth and matters of our own wishes. And he dealt with that on the cross. I want to encourage you today. God wants you to be filled with his fullness, filled with his forgiveness, filled with his faithful love, his faithful, never-ending, enduring love. But he also wants to fill us with his freedom. So, this is a time to respond to what the Lord desires for us in being full. And so, just to begin with, I see two ways that we can respond together today, church, family, and everyone. First of all, for those who've never been filled with the love of Jesus, for those of you who've never come to know Jesus as their Savior, who takes away their sin and replaces it with his righteousness, we're all going to just make time to pray that prayer in just a moment. So what I'm going to do, if you wouldn't mind, if you would all bow your heads, and I'm going to pray a prayer. You don't have to pray the prayer line by line after me. It's between you and God. And if you want to be filled with Jesus, filled with God's fullness for the first time, emptied of the sin and the shame and the guilt that entangles us, just amen this prayer that I will pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that it pleased you to send your one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross 
and rise again three days later to deal with my sin. I'm sorry, Jesus, for my sin and for my rebellion and for living away from you. Sorry for filling my life with other things. Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. And would you lead me and would you guide me in my ever-increasing relationship with you? Amen. Amen. Okay, you can raise your heads now. Now, the second thing we're going to respond to is those worries in our life, the issues of wealth in our wishes. And I don't want to rush this. I feel God has been really speaking to us as a church family, not just to dive in because we don't quite really get God's heart. And it's the same thing as what we just did there, God removing the sin from our lives. I believe God actually wants to remove some worries and he wants to remove some of our pursuits for wealth or our own wishes. And to do that first, I think God actually brings us to a place of conviction to say sorry to Lord. Because when our lives are filled with worry, we're not trusting him. Jesus said three times in uh, his uh, Sermon on the Mount, do not worry. He just said, seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. So I want to encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit or ask the Spirit, God, what do I need forgiveness for? What have I been holding in my life so you can't feel me? And we're going to sing a song. And then after that song, I'll come up and share and lead us through a response of God filling our lives. God loves you so much. He doesn't want to fill your life with the algae in there. He wants to get rid of that first. So I invite you, please will you stand with me? Join me. Stand and we will sing together. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or joining us on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. in person and online.